So let's open our Bibles to Titus chapter 3. We're all the way in chapter 3. We're at the last chapter. Of course, there are only three chapters. We talked last time really uh, about this idea of doing what we've been heard. You know, he, he tells Titus to keep teaching the word and, and then to apply it. And, and he's teaching doctrine, sound doctrine, sound teaching, but it, but it always becomes practical. It gets, it gets to, you know, where the, what they, they say the rubber, where the rubber meets the road. It gets to be where our lives are, who we, who we are and how we live. And so Titus is, you know, told to teach these things, to encourage and to rebuke with all authority, the authority of God's word. And don't let anybody despise you, he says. Now we jump into chapter three and really he starts off with a few more practical things that, that need to be done. And he says, you know, to remind the people, look at verse one and two. We're going to look at those verses today. He says, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility toward all men. How many of you need to hear about any of that stuff? You know, it's practical. These are practical things, again. But he says to remind them, he he says to remind them, and this word remind means to put it back in their mind, right? And we talked about that last, last week, and I, I read you that quote. I want to put it on the screen, though, where, where uh, this fellow says, on some subjects, it's not enough for a minister to say, I have already preached on that. With all the variety at his command, he must consider the ministry of repetition. So repeating things is important. We need variety. I'm not just going to come up here and give you the same message week after week after week. You would probably leave because you'd say it's so boring. You just keep saying the same exact words over and over and over again. Some of you are saying, well, you do that anyway, so what's the point? I try not to. I try to give some kind of variety, but the fact of the matter is there are some, there are some pretty solid basic things that we need to keep hearing over and over again. Number one, the cross, right? Number one, the cross. I noticed last week that the light burned out at the cross. Any of you notice that? Any of you, any of you noticed that, had noticed that? A few of you? You know, uh, that's one thing that we keep burning all the time. No wonder it burnt out. So we, we, we've got to fix that. There was the, the, the starter is bad. But one of these things that we keep coming back to, we need to keep coming back to and bringing our lives and our hearts to the cross. That's why Peter said, and I quoted it, you know, that he says, I'll always remind you of these things. I'll always keep repeating these things, even though you know them. You already know them. You're firmly established in them. He says, I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, so that after he was gone, he says, you'll always be able to remember these things. How many of you remember that I read that last week? One person See, i got to keep repeating this stuff. You know, the problem is this. We have memory issues. How many of you have memory issues? I can't remember. I think I do, but I just can't remember if I do. That's one of the first things to go, they say, right? 
I don't remember. You know, it's, it's just part of life, and, and, and you know, we, we need to hear things, but, but we're not in this alone. We're not on our own. We, we've got some help, right? We've got help. And that's what this verse here, John 14, 26 says, right? But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and, what? Will remind you of everything I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit is going to remind us. And I, I think that's a wonderful thing when you're, when you're in a place where you're trying to remember something that's really important, especially a scripture you're trying to share with somebody. And then you like remember things that you didn't even know that you knew. Well, you did know them or you had heard them because uh, I think it's also true that the Lord can't, the Holy Spirit can't bring back to our remembrance something that we've never heard or read before, right? So in other words, you need to read, you need to hear, you need to listen, and then the Holy Spirit can help us with these memory problems that we have, that each of us have. The Holy Spirit, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit to help us, to remind us, to teach us of these things that Jesus said. But uh, but uh, I found this verse as well, and this, this kind of strikes me really in the, in the Gospel of Luke. You know, uh, Peter had uh, denied the Lord, right? How many times? Three times. And sometimes it's just a look to help us remember, right? But, but look and read this verse, these two verses with me. It says in Luke 22, The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And then Peter remembered. He remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Sometimes we need to be reminded, but sometimes it hurts too, doesn't it? But sometimes it's just a look, just for the Lord to look, just for Jesus to look at Peter and he remembered, oh, oh. Sometimes that's all it takes. But we have God on our side. We have the Holy Spirit helping us, the Lord walking with us. The, the wonderful thing about that particular story and that account about Peter is that we find in the end of the Gospel of John that, that Jesus restored Peter, didn't he? He didn't say, well, you're useless. The enemy says, you're useless. Jesus said, you're not useless. I have work for you to do. I want to use you. And, he, and three times... He went through this little scenario. You can read about it in, in the end of the Gospel of John. You and I need to be reminded. What do we need to be reminded about? Well, in this chapter, we've got a few issues, right? A few specific things here. Let's just look at these kind of briefly and, and talk about them. The first thing he mentions here is to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient. And this, this idea, this word means to put oneself under. It's something we do ourselves by choice. We, we do it willingly. It, it's not something we're forced to do. He says it's something that we do to ourselves. We put ourselves under. And here he's speaking about what? The rulers and authority. And, and I don't know about you, but sometimes this is not easy. I don't know about you, but I think there's something in me that makes me be a rebel. You know, how many of you... I'm not sure if I should even ask this, but you've heard of the movie Rebel Without a Cause? 
Some of you younger people say, no, I never heard of that. Sounds like a good plan, though. <laughs> it's not a good plan. Rebel Without a Cause is James Dean, an old James Dean movie, and, and basically that's what he was. He was just a rebel, and, and most of the time that's what we are. We're rebellious without any good reason. We're rebellious without a cause. And he's saying, Paul's saying to Titus, teach them, remind them that we shouldn't be so rebellious. God is calling us to be law-abiding citizens. But I thought, I thought that we were citizens of heaven, so we don't need to be citizens here, right? No, we're both. Ultimately, we're citizens of heaven. But, but he's still, you know, we're still here on this earth. And you say, well, well you don't know, and Paul didn't know, like, what the, the government, government would be like. Oh, Paul knew what the governments were like. In fact, they were wicked, and they were worse, way worse. And he's still saying you need to be under the authority of the government, to be a law-abiding citizen. What does that mean? It means to pay our taxes. He talks about that in in Romans chapter 13, to pay your taxes, to do what, what they say to do, follow the speed limit. Oh, that one hurt. You know, I don't, I don't ever want to get a red car. Like, bright red. Why? Because it's a ticket magnet. And because, but, but he talks about this in Romans 13. If you weren't speeding, you should not have to worry about that. But I don't want to get a red car. So what does that tell you? Ooh. I better put the shield of faith up. You guys are coming at me now. I can't take it. God's calling us to be Citizens, You know, there are structures in life, are there not? There are structures in society. There are structures, in, and God has set up many of these. You look back, government was established by God, as well as the, the, the first uh, institution, if I want to use that word, that term loosely, uh, of marriage was established by God. The institution of government was established by God. You can read about these in the book of Genesis way, way back. So are we called to just be these rebellious people? You know, without, without some kind of structure in our society, what do we have? Anarchy. What is anarchy? Everybody doing whatever they want to do. You read about it in the time of the judges. You know, God would raise up a judge and then he would kind of, you know, he would do his thing for a while, but it says that then the people, they would do whatever they thought in their own eyes. Whatever they wanted to do, they would do. And then it said that God would raise up another judge to kind of like bring things back into some kind of order. You and I, we need structure. You know, we, but again, we've got this thing in us. I, I don't know about you, this rebellion, this rebellion in our hearts. I read this verse, I believe it's in Isaiah. He says, you know, uh, that he was a rebel from birth. A rebel from birth. You know, part of it depends on how you were raised, too, you know, whether you, you know, you had, uh, you know, a structure in your family, you had somebody explaining to you how these things work or how they're supposed to work, right? But like in my case, you know, it was, it was pretty much everybody for himself, right? 
put food on the table, on the table. What's a table? On the table. And everybody just jumped in there to get it, right? My dad, my stepfather still, still tells this story. He said that uh, when he kind of started coming around, uh, he, you know, my mom and him had met and they were, you know, dating or whatever. And, and he came to the house like on a Thanksgiving, I think it was, he says. He still tells the story. He, he, you know, I love him, but he tells the same stories over and over. So I know the story's really good now. <laughs> I talked about that last time. Or did I? Let me, let me repeat myself. But uh, so he said he got there, you know, and all this stuff got on the table. And then we all just started diving in for it. And he just like, he said, and I don't remember this because I was too much of a rebel. But he said he slammed his hand on the table and everybody just goes, like, because we didn't know. Like, he said, he said, you know, your mother's going to go first. He didn't say we were going to pray or anything because he wasn't, like, that wasn't his thing. But, but he knew about authority. He knew about, hey, you know, there's a right way and a wrong way. But like I said, like I was trying to say, you know, growing up like that, you know, I've had to learn. I've had to learn, you know. You can't rebel against everybody and everything. What does it get you in the end? Like an ulcer. Right? There are certain times you say, listen, this person is my boss. I need to do what my boss wants me to do. And I, was always, I would always be thinking, you know, uh, he doesn't know what he's thinking. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And, I'm, you know, I just probably started working there two weeks ago. And I'm, I'm thinking he, he, he knows better than me or I know better than him. It's, it's not realistic. Paul said in Romans 13, let me read a few verses. He says, everyone... Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has, has established. See, God has something to do with this. And you go, wow, I don't know about that. That person, this person, I don't know. How could God put that person? But he has. He goes on to say, consequently, he who rebels against the authority, the authority here on earth, is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. It's going to come back to us. A rebellious attitude always come back to us. I think, I think it boils down to this, that if we, can't, if we can't obey, if we can't submit to any on earth, how in the world can we submit to God who's in heaven? Does that make sense? Say, well, yeah, I submit to God, but I ain't submitting to nobody else. Well, no, that's not even possible. If you can't submit to, you know, your parent or your boss or somebody that, you know, God has put over you, the policeman or somebody, the governor or whatever. I don't know about you, but when I, when I was raised, police were not looked on very highly. You know why that was? Because everybody in my house was doing something illegal. But, but, you know, it's funny. It's funny now, but I was, I was ashamed, honestly. But, you know, they would call, you know, policemen by foul names, ugly names, and, and, and I don't do I respect the police immensely now. I've, you know, there was a time when I was involved heavily down at the Warwick Police Station. But, but uh, you know, there was this thing that, you know, the police were always at the Chapman's house. Police cars out in front of the Chapman's house, like... That's not something to be proud of. They weren't just paying friendly visits. 
right? So you kind of grow up again. You know, so, so this is a teaching of the Word of God, of Scripture, that you and I need to examine our hearts. And, and if we can't you know, submit and, and be respectful to authority here on earth, I doubt that we can submit and be respectful to God who is in heaven. Think about that. One caveat, if I can use that word, which I don't know what it means, but it sounds pretty good, uh, is, the, is this, that, that the Bible also teaches us, though, that there is this principle of higher authority. Okay? And what I mean by that is, yes, there might be somebody on earth asking you to do something, but there is a higher authority. And who is the highest authority? God is the highest authority. And so we find in the book of Acts, you know, the, the disciples were told, don't ever... Don't ever go out and speak in the name of Jesus anymore. You're not allowed to do that. And these were rulers, right? These were authorities in their lives. And what did Peter say? It says in Acts chapter 5, Peter and the other apostles, they replied, we must obey God rather than men. We must obey God rather than men. There might be somebody over you that, that is asking you to do something that is just plain illegal. And you have to say, well, you know what? I know you're my boss or you're whatever, but you know what? That's against the law. Or there's a higher law that is against the higher law, and I need to obey God rather than men in this particular case. Keep that in mind. But don't use that as an excuse to be rebellious for anything and everything. You know, I think, I think the speed limit around here should be 75, so I really don't care what, you know, it says there. And I have a Christian, you know, bumper sticker, so that kind of makes it okay. Actually, it's just the opposite, isn't it? The next thing he says there, to be ready to do whatever is good. To be ready. To be prepared. That's a practical thing. We need to be ready, prepared to get involved, to pitch in. Are, are we ready? Are we ready to participate, to get involved some way? Are we looking for opportunities? This is what he's saying. Remind them about that. That's why I don't mind getting up here and saying, listen, have you found something that you're involved with? Have you found that, you know, intentional place where you can get involved and do something? Keep looking if you're not. I don't mind keep say, to keep saying that over and over because he says to remind them to be ready to do whatever's good. Get involved. Pitch in somewhere. Be a part. Maybe you can't, you know, get up and teach a Bible study, but maybe you can go out and walk 5K. I had to look it up. I didn't know how far 5K was. I thought, oh, that's like half a mile or something. <laughs> 5K. It's what? 3.2 miles. Thank you. I was going to say a little over three, but I, I didn't know the exact. See, that's why we have college students. Yes, thank you. Ahmad, good job. 3.2 miles. Maybe you can do that. I can walk 3.2 miles. I, can't, I could never run 3.2 miles. I don't care who's chasing me. I can never run that. But some of you can. But you can walk it. Most of you could walk 3.2 miles. How long? If you walked it, say, at 20 miles an hour, is that 
A good average speed? That's too fast? Four. It's fast? Okay, let's all go out to the parking lot. I want to walk alongside the car and see. Let's check this out. What's a good speed? Okay, so it might take you a little over an hour. 15 minutes a mile. That's 45 minutes. You got 45 minutes in your life? Can you spare 45 minutes? I think so. And just think, like, you know, we say, oh, I don't know, I'm kind of busy that day. You haven't even looked at your calendar yet. How do you know? Be ready to, to get involved, to, to pitch in, to, get, to be a part in something, to do something that's good. And I think that's a good thing. What's the next thing there? He says to slander, to slander no one. Oh, that one hurts. The literal word is blaspheme. You blaspheme no one. It means to speak evil of somebody, to malign them, to defame them, to say, say bad things about people. I had to look this up, but libel is something that's written. Slander is something that is spoken, right? So it's not actually the Greek word here is not slander, but it means that. So, so for us to be insulting and saying things that hurt other people, this is probably harder for us than the submitting to the governmental authorities. Why? Because our mouths are out of control. And, and we like talking about people. Did I tell you the, about what happened the other day? See, some of you are going, what, what? Like, because we like to hear about other people too, especially if they did something, you know, that's maybe, you know, wow. You know, you heard about the, the, the three guys that got together and they, you know, the first one says, you know, it's the time we've got to confess, you know, our, our, our faults one to another and pray for one another. And, and the first one says, you know, I, I've got these bad thoughts. I keep thinking and he tells them about it. And they said, yeah, but I've, I've got this problem with, with this other thing. And then the third one says, yeah, but I've got this problem with gossip and I just can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> you know, We're, we just want to talk. But he says to slander no one. Sometimes humor, we use humor that way, right? It can get, get us into trouble. You know, it's okay to use humor, I find, uh, about yourself. But it's, it's very, you got to be very careful if you're going to use it about someone else because it's a two-edged sword and you could be maligning their character. You could be saying something about them that is not true or even giving an impression about somebody that is not true. This is a whole subject in itself, you know, that we need to control our words, control what comes out of our mouths. That's why that scripture, Psalm 141, we sing it sometimes, set a guard Remember that? Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Oh, we need help. We need God. Set a guard. We need a guard over my mouth. And that's why he's praying and asking that. Someone said this, uh, Never tell evil of, of a man if you do not know it for a certainty. And if you know it for a certainty, then ask yourself, why should I tell it? This is somebody who wrote back in the 1700s. 
See, things don't change much, right? We hear stuff, but do we need to tell it, even if it is absolutely rock-solid true? Now, there are times when it's important we need to talk with people, the right people, at the right time about things. But be careful. Don't just be telling everybody everything about everybody. It doesn't do any good. I read this Hebrew proverb. It says, slander slays three persons. The speaker, the spoken to, and the spoken of. Slander slays three persons. The speaker, the spoken to, and the spoken of. It's a killer. Benjamin Franklin, I I read this quote. He says, I will speak ill of no man and speak all the good I know of everybody. So he said, you know what? I'm going to try to do something more positive. I'm going to try to speak all the good that I know of everybody. Try speaking something that's good about somebody rather than just the bad. What about the next one? He says there, to be peaceable. To be peaceable. If you have your King James Version, what does it say there? A brawler. Don't be a brawler. That's a cool word. Not a brawler. Don't be a brawler. Don't be contentious. Don't be quarrelsome. You know, this, this has to do with, with living with people, right, and getting along with people. What kind, of, what kind of a person are we? How do we get along with people? Are we always got some kind of a thing that we're going to fight, we're going to break into a fight at any minute? Don't say anything to me or this is going to go against you right now. You know what? This is the way I was raised. That if you start saying, you start getting up in my... What? Grill. You start getting up in my grill, that's a word for face, you know? See the grill? I'm going to start... I'm going to come back. I'm going to... Sw- you know, I'm going to fight back. And, and sometimes, even if you're not getting up in my grill, I'm going to fight back anyways because I just like to fight. I'm a brawler. And so he says, don't be a brawler. Don't fight with everybody. Don't fight with everybody you know, especially those closer to you, closest to you. I think that's where the biggest fights are. Me and the wife, you know, we take separate cars. <laughs> Wherever we go. No, just church. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, please. Pugnacious, that's another good word for it, right? Pugnacious. That comes from the word for pugilism, which is boxing. It's gotten awful quiet. I think it's hitting home for somebody. Like me. The next thing he says to be considerate, and it means to, to be gentle, be considerate of other people. And then the last thing he says there, to show true humility toward all men. The King James Version says meekness. The ESV says courtesy. To show meekness, to show courtesy, to show humility towards all. The opposite of of that is what? Pride and haughtiness, this superior attitude. We all think we're better than somebody else. Well, the Bible says, you know, to treat others as better than yourself. 
And that's what he's talking about here. Toward all. Have some humility towards the people around you in your life. Say something good about them. Part of the problem of it is, is that we're just so selfish, so self-centered, so self-consumed. And, and the, the middle of the word pride is what? I. So it's all about me. But show some humility, some patience, some considerate courtesy towards other people. That's kind of practical stuff, wouldn't you say? We're going to wrap this up because we have a potluck downstairs and I want... I want you to uh, have time. I went a little over last week, and I apologize for that, but, but uh, we were having a grand old time last week. But, you know, our, our people in the Sunday school, we need to be considerate of them because, you know, they have a hard time with, with your kids. <laughs> they love your kids. And some of them are my grandkids, and I love them too, but... So, practical stuff, to be subject to authorities, to be ready to do good, to, to not slander, to be peaceable, not a brawler, to be considerate, to be gentle, to be humble. Humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, and He will lift us up in due time. It's the ministry of repetition. Hey, if the shoe fits... Throw it at somebody. <laughs> no, that's not how it goes. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word, and we do pray that you would speak to us. Lord, we, we sang this morning, open the eyes of our heart. We want to see you, but, but we, we, we also want to, to hear what you have to say to us, not just to see you and to hear you, but, but to listen to the things that you're trying to teach us. And boy, we have a lot to learn. We have a lot to learn. Help us, Lord, to be teachable. Help us, Lord, to hear the, those things that you keep repeating in our ears, Lord, that you keep saying, I'm trying to get through to you on this one, this specific issue. I know, I know that you do that with me, Lord. You, you bring those same things up and up again So because I, I keep needing to hear it. Help us to listen, Lord, and help us to obey and to surrender and submit and ask you to work those things in our lives. I want to be different. I want to be changed like we hear that song. Father, I, I pray too, Lord, that, that we would always remember the cross. And we even come now with our faults and our failures and we come to the cross and we know that you are more willing to forgive than we are to repent. You're more willing to forgive than we are to turn back to you. But we come to you now, Lord, even with our rebelliousness and our stubbornness, we come and we, we just come and lay ourselves before the cross. God, forgive us. God, help us. I know there may be some in this room that have never come to the cross, and if that's you today, you can, you can do it. As I always give this opportunity to open your heart and your life and say, Jesus, I come to the cross right now, here, today. 
That's what this day is all about. I've been waiting for this day. You've been waiting for this day that I would surrender and bow my knee before you and ask you to come into my life. Come into my life today. I trust in you now. I believe in you now today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing, shall we?